Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Hey, I don't want to be overly dramatic this morning, but it is my hope, and I have been kind of praying in this direction for uh, this week and even beyond this, this past week, that over the next three weeks, you will hear a message that impacts your life in such a way that your, ch- your life changes in a positive way. That's really been the prayer. Over the next three weeks, we are going to talk about praying three new prayers. And let me just warn you in advance that these are not easy prayers. These are not safe prayers. Um, these are not the kind of prayers that we are so accustomed to praying. We are accustomed to praying uh, da- kind of soft, safe prayers. These are dangerous prayers. But they are dangerous in a good way. Let's be honest. Most of us in our world, we are praying some prayers that are way too safe. And I'm about to generalize and say some things, and these things may not apply to you, and if that's the case, then then congratulations for me, that makes me really happy. But for most of us, for many of us, the kind of prayers that we're praying are, are, are basically they're prayers of blessings for us, right? I mean, that's kind of what we do. God bless me, and God help us, and God help me, and God be with my kids, and God bless me and help me, and, and thank you for this day, and God... Please protect us as we travel, and God help me. Did I say that? God help me. And God bless us and, and be with my kids. And, you know, we just kind of do this cycle of praying. It's safe. It's safe. Our prayers are, are, are I have a feeling that if, if I was able to listen in, if we were all able to listen in on each other's prayers, we would come away and say, you know what? We all are praying too safe. What we're about to do is we're about to learn some prayers that are not safe to pray, In fact, you just need to know that as we get into this, when you pray prayers like the one you're about to learn, what you're really doing is you're asking God to come in and take you out of your comfort zone and take you to someplace else, a place of growth. And here's one thing I can tell you about that. There is no growth and comfort. There is no comfort and growth. So in order for God to grow you, he's got to take you out of your comfort zone. When you start praying the way we're going to talk about praying over the next three weeks, you're going to be moved out of your comfort zone. Um, I'll have more to say about that as we go. But let me just add this. As you come into 2018, you might come in with a real need in your life for some things to change. I think for most of us, if we're honest, we evaluate at the the beginning of every new year. We look at things and we say, you know what, some things need to change. I mean, I'm in a rut here. I need, this needs to change. I've got some trouble here. Um, You might have come into 2018 desperate, thinking to yourself, man, something has got to change. May I offer to you that it is highly possible that one of the best things you could do is pray one of the prayers that we are going to learn over the next three weeks. Next week, we're going to learn the prayer, break me. God, break me. You want to talk about a dangerous prayer, that's a dangerous prayer. God, break me. Being broken is the last thing that any of us wants, but but on the other side of brokenness is the real intimacy that we desire with God. And we want a dependence on him, but often it is not attained on this side of brokenness. We have to go through brokenness, and we don't want to go through brokenness. I used this illustration in the first service. Again, it's probably not the greatest. It's kind of crude and gross, but I'm going to use it anyway because most of us have had the flu, and we're going to understand this perfectly. It's, it's that point where you know you need to throw up and you don't want to. You know you'll, be, you'll feel better, right? You're like, Brett, you're really on a roll this morning. I mean, I am the biggest pansy when it comes to that. I cannot stand 
to throw up. And I'll get fans on me and swallow hard and breathe heavy and get washcloths and stand in front of fans and do everything I can. But I know if I would just do it, it I would feel better, right? I mean, you know, come on, just get it over with. That's kind of brokenness. That's kind of where broke we are with brokenness. We know we need to go through it. We know God needs to break us in places. We know there are things that we need to learn, but it's going to be uncomfortable. We know it's going to be better on the other side, but it's also going to hurt a little bit. We're going to go through, through some things. I've said many times, we go through stuff in the Coke machine of life, you would not walk up and press some of the buttons that get pressed for us in our life. But going through those things, experiencing those things, that's where growth happens, that's where intimacy with Christ happens. That's what God's about. And, and so in week three, we're going to learn the prayer, send me. In other words, instead of praying, God, let me do what I want to do for you, we're going to start praying, God, whatever you want, whenever you want, and wherever you want, I'm willing to do that. Now, let me tell you, that's a dangerous prayer. You start praying that way, and things are going to happen in your life. God, my life is your life, and whatever you need me to do, I'm really, I'm really ready to do, I'll do it. The prayer is just as dangerous today. Today we're going to look at a prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 139. I'll talk a little bit here and give you a chance to find it. This is a prayer that David prayed when his enemies were somewhat on the attack and they were accusing David of having some impure and wrong motives. And instead of David defending himself and crying about it, he actually prayed a very dangerous prayer before God. He asked God to search his heart. I hear pages turning. That's a wonderful thing. Psalm 139. We're going to look at verses 23 and 24. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put it on the wall for you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now that is a dangerous prayer to help us this morning and to just kind of get you in the mood and get you rolling with this. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to ask you to do this with me today. I want you to hear yourself pray this prayer. So I'm going to ask you to read this with me. Let's read this together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's awesome. See, I think we, we need to break this into, into like subparts. There's kind of four parts to that thing if you start looking at it. And I think to help us kind of break it down and to ingest it a little bit, let's, let's break it into smaller parts. And let's see if we can't make this a, a more regular part of our life this week and maybe hopefully even beyond that. First thing David prays is search my heart. He says it very directly in verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. So I can already hear somebody saying, well, Brett, why would, I, why would I need to ask God to search my heart? He knows it already, and besides that, my heart's good anyway. I mean, we've basically all got a good heart. Isn't that right? You've got a good heart, and I've got a good heart, and we've all got good hearts, right? No. See, here's something that you need to understand. Apart from Christ, you do not have a good heart. I would even go so far as to say sometimes with Christ, you do not have, I do not have a good heart. And I've had Christians want to argue this with me because I've made statements like you are not a, a, a bad person. You're, you're not a good person who sometimes does it wrong or gets it wrong. You're a bad person who once in a while gets it right. 
And I've had people want to argue with that. No, Brett, I'm really, I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. No, you're a bad person who sometimes gets it right. You're not a good person who sometimes gets it wrong. No, Brett, I'm a good person who sometimes gets it wrong. Okay, let me just ask you one question. If that's true, why can't you be good all the time? And, and the, the, what, you, what soon dawns on you is, you know what, I think he's right. I think that if, if, because if you could be good, why wouldn't you be good all the time? You can't be good all the time because that's not your nature. That's not who we are as people. Jeremiah backs this up. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? See, we need to understand that with Jesus, without Jesus and even with Jesus, our heart is not a good heart and we deceive others and we deceive ourselves in fact we're all liars and, and really the most common area where we we lie is to ourselves we lie to ourselves the heart is deceitful we deceive ourselves we don't even know how bad we are and how much we we lie to ourselves we say you know I'm not hurt I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay I'm not mad no, bro, you act mad. No, I'm not mad. My motives are pure. I'm not selfish. I'm not full of pride. I, I can't help it I'm awesome. Can't help it I'm better than everybody else. I don't lust. I don't lust at all. I just appreciate beauty. No, dude, you're lusting. I'm not materialistic. I just think if you're going to buy something, you should buy the best version of it. But I'm not materialistic. I'm not a gossip, not at all. I just, I want people to pray better. I want people to be able to pray for other people. So I just, I tell them things. No, you're being a gossip. The heart is deceitful above all things. And it's a really dangerous prayer when we go to God and we say, God, search my heart and show me what is in there. That is dangerous. I remember the first time I was impacted by this verse that we're reading this morning. I was in Bible college. Now, you got to understand, I grew up in a great church, okay? It is still a great church. Um, my home church was, was awesome. I, we, we had a phenomenal pastor growing up. He served our church for 38 years. He taught me so much about how to do what I'm doing now. A lot of the things I do, I do the way he did them because that's who I saw do them. He's, he's just a hero. He's a father to me. Um, I had a youth pastor that, that I was very, very close to named Doug Newhouse that um, we had a youth pastor when a lot of, most churches didn't have youth pastors. I mean, I know how blessed I was growing up to be able to grow up in a church that I did that taught me like they did. And uh, I, I just, I was a very fortunate person. Um, and LD and Doug have just meant so much to me. But as many retreats as I went to and Bible studies with Doug and, you know, he had me preach for him at retreats and things and, um, just all the different youth group, every time youth group got together, Doug was teaching us something out of the Bible. But it wasn't until college that I read this passage and it really blew up in my face where I realized, oh my, that's, uh, that's pretty serious, that I encountered this verse in a way where it really, really challenged me. And I remember sitting in an Old Testament poetry class. That's where you would, in Bible college, that's where you would get the Psalms is in an Old Testament poetry class, had an awesome professor, and I remember the day we read this in class, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, 
I don't want God or anybody else searching my heart, okay? I don't want anybody to know what's in there because if they get in there and look around, there's stuff in there I don't want anybody to see. There's some pride stuff in there. There's some lust stuff in there. There's duplicity in there. There's deceit in there. I mean, here I am in college preparing myself for ministry, but I just know that there's stuff in my heart that's not good. I don't want, I don't want God or anybody else looking in there. I mean, we all know what that's like, right? It's not just me. I'm not, I, see, the reason I can say this stuff is I know that that's where you would be too. See, you're, with, you're one way when you're with your parents and you're another way when you're not with your parents. If you're single, you're one way when you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're a different way when you're with your other friends. You're one way when you're with your church friends. You're a completely other way when you're not with your church friends, right? Like, we change, we morph, There's, we, just, we, get, we become sometimes completely different, and it can be the case that we're not really ever true to who we are anywhere and with anyone, and we're just kind of faking it. So back to me in college for a minute, I remember being hit in the face with this, with my own sinfulness and my own need to be honest with me and honest with God and to confront some of the stuff that, okay, if you're going to pray that prayer, God, search me and know my heart scary scary to pray that kind of stuff see when you pray search my heart know my heart god is going to shine a light in there and and it's it's pretty much you know it's pretty much like when you if you've ever seen on television where they turn the light on and the roaches scatter hopefully that doesn't describe your kitchen but it might and if it does that's okay god love you but I mean, I see that, and at first I'm creeped out, but the, the visual image that I want you to have is, is in your heart, the light comes on, and the cockroaches scatter, and the cockroaches be in sin in your life, that, that look, for, look for a dark place to hide because they don't want to be found. That's, that's what David, David is talking about doing. And God's not going to do that to be mean or cruel. God doesn't do that to, you know... Sh- put you down or make you feel bad or anything else he's going to do it because he wants to bring you to a deeper place and a a more intimate place with him that's why he's going to do it he knows he's got to break you some to get you to a place where you can have intimacy with him see the goal for each of us is romans 12 do not conform to this pattern of this world any longer be transformed by the renewing of your mind don't be conformed but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that's the goal Search me, God, and know my heart. This is a dangerous prayer. But this is a prayer that can bring you into an intimacy with God that is so powerful, so deep, where you would walk with him in a way that maybe you've never walked with him before. See, let me just stop real quick. This isn't in my notes, but I got to say this at some point this morning. One of the things that's going on with most of us at some point in our life is we will utter the words, you know, I'm just really not getting that much out of church these days. Or, I just feel like when I pray, my prayers just hit the ceiling and bounce back down. Okay, we're going to deal with that today. But let's just talk about this whole thing about, I just, you know, I'm not getting much out of it. Listen, I don't care if, if I'm the, the worst preacher you've ever heard. You might leave here and go, man, that dude needs lots of help. And you would not be wrong. Okay, I, I know that. I know that. But even if my preaching doesn't do it for you, even if the band doesn't do it for you, and you come and you're like, man, I just, uh, 
Okay, here's what I know about you if you're coming to church and your whole attitude is kind of blasé about the whole thing. There is no place in your life, if that's true of you, then there's no place in your life where you are leveraged everything against God, where you need him to come through, and if he doesn't, you're sunk. Because I can promise you, when you start to pray prayers that leverage your life against God coming through for you, every spiritual sense you've got comes alive, all right? And you do not leave anywhere going, boy, that was boring. No, because it's like you're praying constantly. And when you're praying constantly and you're praying the right way, you don't ever get bored by it. When you're praying the right way, you don't ever feel like, man, my prayers are just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down. No. When you're really locked into this the right way, and, and trust me, this is what I'm talking about is hard. But when you do this, your spiritual life goes to a whole new level. It just does. These are dangerous prayers, but they'll bring you to places for which you will be so incredibly grateful. David prayed, search my heart, and then he prays a prayer that basically says, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Know my anxious thoughts? That's, that's another way to say reveal my fears. Let me ask you something. What makes you anxious? I think for most of us, we, we, won't, we don't even acknowledge our anxieties. We just think, well, surely everybody struggles with this stuff. I mean, I'm not any different than anybody else. I mean, what is it that makes you afraid? And I'm not talking about what makes you afraid of, like, snakes and spiders and circus clowns, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. Some of you are deathly afraid of circus clowns. I think that's so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your pain, but I just think that's funny. What is it that makes you internally afraid? What is it that makes you anxious? Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you, are you afraid of, of, you know, that you're not married yet, and you're like, man, the clock's ticking, i got to get married. Maybe you're afraid that the marriage you're in isn't going to get any better. Maybe you're afraid of the future. Maybe you're afraid of the unknown. Some people are afraid of failing. Some people are afraid of succeeding. Some people are afraid of loss. And some people are afraid of losing. You know, it's just like the worst thing in the world for them is that they would lose somehow. Why does this matter? Why, why would it matter that we pray, God, show me my anxious thoughts? Why would that matter? Here's the thought for you to consider this morning. What we fear the most is where we trust God the least. Ooh. What we fear the most is where we trust God the least. If I fear that my marriage isn't going to work, then I'm not trusting God with my marriage. If I'm constantly in fear for my kids and what's going on with my kids, then I'm not trusting God with my kids. If I'm constantly in fear about my bills, then I'm not trusting God to be my provider, right? I mean, it just, whatever you're afraid of is going to in some way reveal the area where you're really not trusting God fully. What you fear the most reveals where, where you trust God the least. God, reveal my fears. Fears, test me, show me where my anxious thoughts fall. So, so leading up to this, I've just kind of been practicing, right? Because if I'm going to ask you to do it, i got to do it. So I've been kind of, these are kind of the prayers I've been praying. And, and I've been praying this prayer. God, search me, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. And I'm just telling you that you better be careful when you do this. And again, we're calling this series Dangerous Prayers. But God has showed me just how much, for me, you want to know what the dangerous part for me is? God has showed me just how much approval means to me i had a friend one time who knew me pretty well 
and, and he said, you know, he described me to somebody, and um, I didn't ask this person to, to describe me that way. I didn't ask him to describe me at all, but he did, and he was pretty accurate. He said, you know, Brett is a lot like my dog. He wants everybody to like him, and he doesn't understand when they don't. Yep. Yep. That's me. That's pretty true. And it gets me in trouble. It causes me to be soft sometimes. It causes me sometimes to have a hard time saying no when I really need to say no. Because I'm just, I'm too, I'm too easy sometimes because I want people to like me. Sometimes I'm just too nice for my own good. I've told Didi on more than one occasion, especially here lately, I wish I could be more of a jerk. I wish I just could care less what anybody thought, but that's not me. I, I care deeply what people think. I care too much. And, and when you press in on this and you start to see where this is coming from, what you find out is, man, Brett, you're scared to death to let somebody down. That's really my fear. I'm afraid I'm going to let somebody down. It, it's a big problem in my life. That's my fear. And the problem for me is that this encroaches on what I do as a pastor. See, as a pastor, I'm not supposed to be driven by fear. I'm supposed to be led by faith. I'm supposed to walk by faith. I'm not supposed to be focused on my fears. I've got to be bigger than that, and more, more courageous than that, and follow God and lead into all that stuff. And it's, it's not just true of me. It's true of all of us. See, there are things that God wants us to do. He wants us to do them as a church. He wants us to do them as individuals. And there's no guarantee that when we do these things that they're going to go well or that it's going to work. Sometimes God calls you to something where you are going to fail. How's that for a truth? We just assume that when God calls us to it, it's got to work, right? It's got to be good. No, no, no. God has called me to things. I know he was calling me to them, and they failed miserably. And I think he wanted them to fail. I think he wanted me to fail. I think he was trying to teach me something. I follow a, this is not in my, I'm, I should not be doing this, but this is, I follow something on Twitter. It's, it's something to do with Darwin, the Darwin Awards or something, and it's videos of people doing stupid stuff. And the caption under most of them is, it's usually a guy doing something stupid, and the caption underneath it is, why women live longer than men. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, uh, yesterday there was one of these, all these guys that had these souped up riding tractors, riding lawnmowers, and they went really fast, and they were ramping them on things. This, this dude wasn't wearing a helmet, he wasn't strapped in, nothing. He's ramping like 15 feet in the air, going like, it looked like 50 miles an hour to me. And he gets up there, and the, the thing starts going crazy, and he's coming off of it, and he hits, and he bounces two or three times, and, and just total failure. And sometimes that, that's what my life feels like, you know? And sometimes it's things that I feel like God called me to. There's no guarantee when God calls you to something that it's going to be this glowing success. Sometimes God calls you to something, and you fail miserably, and God says, now what are you going to learn out of that? Oh, man. See? Craig Rochelle says it like this, you have to love pleasing God and being obedient to God more than your fear of failing. You have to love pleasing God and being obedient to God more than you, love, than you fear failing. I dare you to pray this prayer this week. 
Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And what's going to happen is there's going to be an area of your life that is revealed to you where you are just simply not trusting God. And once that happens, then you can get down to the root of it. And when that happens, that might be the point where real life change happens in your life. That might be the place where the light finally comes on. Like you might have been going to church forever and like, I don't get it. I don't get it. All these other people seem to get it. I don't get it. But when you start praying dangerous prayers like, God, search me and know my heart, test my thoughts and see if there's any anxious thoughts in me and any wayward thing in me, Woo! when God starts to show you that stuff, that's when life change is about to happen for you. And you and your spouse, you may have walked in here this morning, and you and your spouse are having all kinds of trouble getting along. You might be wondering, man, what, what is wrong with us? Let me just tell you, you both start praying this prayer and humbly looking inside. Don't look at them. Just look inside. In for you, okay? That's part of our problem is we get so focused on them, we don't focus on us. And you start humbly looking in and you say, God, what is it in me? Not in him, not in her. What is it in me that I, what, what, what am I afraid of? Where am I anxious? Where am I not trusting you? And you will be surprised at what God will reveal about you to you. So that you can begin to address things and change things that will make things better for the both of you. See, as you get better and as you work on you, as both of you do that, that maybe you'll get better. It, it's a dangerous prayer when you pray this. God will reveal things to you about yourself that you may have been stuffing down for years. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to see it because the one we lie to the most is ourselves. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then you talk about getting intense. This is where it gets really intense. Verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me. What David is praying is, God, uncover my sin. Woo! Cockroaches. Turn the light on. Let's look at them. Let's see them. We don't want to do that. We don't want to look at our sin. That's nasty. This is the prayer David prays, uncover my sins. And do you realize the courage it takes to pray this? God, show me anything in my life that is inconsistent with your truth and what you want out of me. Lord, if there's something that I'm doing that's displeasing to you, show it to me. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it's really hard to see our own sin in the mirror. Now, I'm really good at discovering your sin, right? I can point yours out great, not so much for me. I'm all about pointing out somebody else's sin and how bad a driver they are. And somehow when I make the same mistake that I get mad at other drivers for, I've got an excuse for it. See, I accuse other people, but I make excuses for me. Is that how you are? Our tendency is to accuse others and excuse ourselves. It's way easier to see everybody else's sin and gloss over our own. Jeremiah said it best, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's beyond cure. Who can understand it? The most common lies we tell are the ones we tell ourselves. That's why it takes tremendous courage to say, search me, God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Uncover my sin. See, prayers like that will change the game in your life. I want to give you three questions. as we. I just want to stop right here for a minute, give you three questions 
I don't know how much you pray. You might, I, I, I hear this all the time. Brett, praying is so hard for me because I just can't stay focused. I don't know what to pray for. I'm going to make this really easy for you this week, okay? Let me just make this statement first. The best praying I do is not when I'm talking to God and telling him things. The best praying I do is when I'm asking God questions. Because generally what happens is after I ask God questions, I just sit there for a little while and let him ask questions back. And that's not fun. Like, God, why did, they, why did, why did that happen? And that, why that makes me mad? And I hear God say, well, Brett, why does that make you mad? Well, because of this. Well, Brett, that sounds like a pride thing to me. Are you having a pride thing going on right there? Well, maybe a little. Oh, that's a pride thing. So I'm going to give you three questions for you to pray through this week. All right, get your pen ready. Three questions that as you're praying, I just want you to pray over these three questions and listen for what comes up and see if this doesn't help your prayer life. Just take five minutes a day. That's all this takes, five minutes a day. God, uncover my sins. Three questions. What are others trying to tell me? If you've had three or four people walk up to you and they're all saying the same thing, like, dude, you need to look at this. This is a problem for you. This is a pro-. If that's going on in your life, you need to listen to those people because they're all seeing the same thing and you're blind to it. I love that expression, nose blind. You've become nose blind. You can't see it. You just can't see it in you. That's question one. What are, what are others trying to tell me? Question two, what have I rationalized for some time? Where have I said, yeah, th- this may not be right, and it, and it may, it, you know, but it, it may not stop, but it's really not that big of a deal. It's not hurting anybody. It's just how I co- cope, and, and nobody else needs to know, and it's nobody else's business anyway. It's not hurting anybody, and it's just kind of my thing. What are you rationalizing that just needs to be dealt with? Address it and stop making excuses for it. Number three. Where am I most defensive? Nope, we're not going there. Nope, I refuse to talk about that. Next. Not talking about that. Back off. I told you I'm not talking about that. Where are you saying that? Where do you say that when God says, hey, let's talk about this. No, I don't want to talk about that, God. Let's talk about something easy. I don't want to talk about something hard. See, here's something I would suggest you do. Just take these three questions, incorporate them into your prayer life, and just ask God to help you work through these questions. And let me make you a promise. If you start going through these questions for the next week, he is going to point some things out to you. This is going to get uncomfortable. So you need to stop praying to God to give you things and to protect people and to heal people. I I, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm not saying don't pray for those things. I shouldn't say that. I mean, you can pray for that stuff, but while you're at it, Let's just understand that that stuff is safe. It's safe to pray that way. I mean, I I want your spiritual life to take off. I want your relationship with God to get better. I want you to hear God speaking to you. And and how is God going to speak to you when when all your prayers are, God bless me and help me and help my kids? Give us a safe trip. How's God going to speak to you in that? But when you start asking questions like, God, Reveal to me the sin in my heart. Reveal that to me. God's like, oh, I'm all about that. I can do that. And he will start speaking to you. You want to hear God's voice? Start asking these questions. 
I promise it won't be boring anymore. People come to church, man, it's boring. Then you are not leaning your life up against God in such a way that, that you truly are looking for intimacy with him. Because when you get intimate with God, it is not boring. He's got all kinds of things to say to you and show you. God will point things out to you that you haven't wanted to see. He's going to point out some things that you've been trying to deny. Listen, denying the truth does not make truth false. And then when God brings something to light, have the courage to address it and to do something about it. There are different types of confession. Okay, We confess. We confess as a part of forgiveness, the process of forgiveness, and then we also confess to people around us, and that aids in healing. I'll, I'll talk about both of those just briefly. God has forgiven you. Okay, if you're a Christ follower and you've given your life to Christ and you call yourself a Christian, then you have been forgiven. And if you're not a Christian, the only thing that separates you from someone who is a Christian isn't that they behave better, it isn't that they go to church, it isn't any of that stuff. The only difference between you and someone who's a Christian is you haven't said yes to the gift of forgiveness. It's that simple. It's not hard. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It's not, a, it's not about some, some code that you've got to keep. It's not about any of that. It's about receiving forgiveness. But if you've come to Christ and you've accepted forgiveness, you are forgiven, not just of things you have done, but you're forgiven for things you haven't even done yet. You are forgiven. But that doesn't mean that you're never going to sin anymore. So I've said this before. I don't really, when I pray, I don't really pray and ask God to forgive me because I see myself as a forgiven person. And when I say, God, please forgive me, what I hear God say is, Brett, I've already forgiven you. Oh, yeah, that's right. So people say, well, Brett, but you still sin, right? Oh, yeah. Well, how does that work? What does confession sound like to God in your prayer life? So here's kind of what it sounds like. God, I know what I did is wrong. I know it's sin. I know I, 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 it's, it's, it's something that I've got to get on top of, and I've got to, get, I've got to root that out of my life. Somehow that's, I've got to overcome that thing. It just, it's, a, it's a presence. It's there. I can't, it's just, it gets in the way of me and you. But God, I know I've been forgiven. I know I'm forgiven. So Lord, I want to be a better man. Help me overcome this. I see it. You see it. It's there. I'm not trying to hide from it. I need your help to overcome this. Isn't that a better way to pray? But Brett, why do you need to confess it? I mean, doesn't God know that you've sinned? Oh, trust me. God knows I've sinned. See, he knows. I, I don't. I confess my sin so that I can hear myself recount that I am a sinner. That's why I need to confess sin. I don't need to confess sin because God needs to know. I mean, God's not up there with a notebook going, did not know that. Did you guys know that? That's not what's going on. He doesn't need me to tell him. What's going on is as I start to confess my sin, I mean, it's awful. It's like, oh, God, this, this hurts. This is who I am. This is what's crawling around in this heart. I need to hear myself admit that I am not perfect, that I am a sinner, that I need God, that I need Jesus, that I need the Holy Spirit inside of me working on me to help me get better. But the Bible also tells us to confess to one another. There's a part where we confess to God, but we also confess to another, one another. Listen to James. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Be healed. 
We confess to God because of forgiveness, and we confess to others for healing. See, that's why we have life groups at this church. Hopefully you can get involved in a life group and become friends with some people, and you can, at some point, you get close enough to them and you say, you know what, this is something that I'm struggling with. This is what's going on in my heart. I need you to pray for me, and I need you to ask me about this. I need you to ask me how I'm doing with this. Hopefully you've got somebody that can speak truth into your life, somebody that you can say, hey, I want you to hold me accountable for this thing. I need help here. Ask me, to ask, you know, ask me about it. And what happens is you start to realize that none of us are perfect. There aren't any of us that have got this all figured out. And can I just say that if you're here this morning and you do have it all figured out, please leave. I mean, if you're perfect, you're in the wrong church, dude. You're just in the wrong church. We're a jacked up mess around here. And I tell people all the time, we don't have time to look to the right or to the left at somebody else and all their sin because we're so focused on what a train wreck we are. Why would we condemn somebody else? We need Jesus. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Now let's just talk about me for a minute. Do you know what happens when I do this? When I start praying prayers like this, search me, God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, I start to come away with a picture of me that is a scared little boy. Insecure. All my insecurities get highlighted, and I start to see how small I can be, and all my insecurities get brought front and center. I see places in my life where I crave the approval of other people, and I don't want to let anybody down. And God says, and Brett, because that's how you are, it's getting in the way of what you're doing. So let's deal with it. I see places in my life where I'm not nearly as strong a man of God that I so desperately want to be. How's that for honest? I mean, how do you feel about your pastor now? He's just like up here bearing his soul. But I'm trying to be honest with you so that you will be honest with you. So that you will sit down and have some conversations with God where you're concerned and God can show you the same kind of stuff he's showing me. Because it's in me, it's in you. Whatever comes up as you pray these prayers, as you ask these questions, you need to take it to God and let him work on it with you. You might come away and say, you know what? <laughs> I am addicted. I am. I do. I drink too much. No, you know what? I am full of pride. I don't want to admit it, but I am full of pride. I'm so full of greed. You know what? I am insecure. I've, I've not wanted to admit that. You might come away and say, you know what? I haven't been a very good husband. I haven't been a very good wife. I haven't been a very good son or daughter. Whatever it is, you need his power in your life to help you overcome the things that he points out to you. It is about humility. It's about being honest with yourself. God, I can't stop lying. God, I can't, this, this lust issue is out of control in my life. God, I crave attention, and it's getting in the way of who I am in you. You need his truth in your mind to transform your heart. That's just a given. Jesus isn't going to be able to change you unless you're honest with him and unless you're honest with yourself. Search me, God. This is a dangerous prayer. It takes courage to pray this because when you pray these kinds of prayers, God is going to show you things that you are not proud of. But there is always grace. There is always grace. What's the last thing David prays? I've got I to do this quick. Lead me in the way everlasting. 
God, when you show me all this stuff that I don't like, I'm not going to like any of it. I'm going to hate myself. But when you show me what needs to change, see if there's any offensive way in me, reveal my sin, and then lead me in the way everlasting. When you have the courage to pray a dangerous prayer like this, what's going to happen is, and this isn't always the case, but usually what happens is we come to Jesus and we get the big things out of the way, but we, we ignore some of the small things. And the closer you get to Christ, what you start to find out is sometimes those things that we think are small, they can be really big things. Sometimes the pebble in your shoe is the thing that's messing up your whole gate. See, we're good at covering stuff up, and we're good at denying stuff, and we're good at pretending that things don't exist way down deep inside. And here's what you find as you walk with Jesus. Many times it's the little things that grow up into be the big things, and when he shows us and he points it out, he's leading us to Christ to say, get this fixed. Jesus, I need your help. I need your power. I need your grace. This is a dangerous prayer. Search me, God, but it is a prayer that will absolutely change your life. Let's, uh, let's bow and let's pray before the band comes out. Father, it's not fun. It is not fun looking inside and seeing the mess that is there. The heart is deceitful above all things, and we do not understand it. And Father, this morning in this room, we confess to you, not because you need to know it, but because we need to hear ourselves say it, that we are not perfect. We are sinners. There's deep dark nasty stuff inside our hearts and it's got to be dealt with and i pray father as we work through these questions this week in our prayer time that you would do a work in us that you would begin to transform our hearts into the kind of man and woman of god that we want to be father we need you we just so desperately need you and i pray lord that we would not run the other way but that we would run to you because you are the only one who can see all that and love us completely So, Father, that's what we do. We run to you. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen.